0: Let's run it. FT Live, it's Braun, it's Frazier, it's Krasinski, it's Kratz,
1: and Godfather, the hot stove's starting to simmer a little. It's starting to cook. <laughs> Listen, I don't cook well. I don't make good food. <laughs> I know a couple of things I can make, but I'm learning now, and guess what? Everybody's eating now, so let's get it rolling, man. I love that.
0: Kratz, you were looking for a second like, wait, is he about to go down the chef route, or are we
2: talking yeah. trades and signings? I didn't I didn't know if Todd knew. Shohei Otani signed Todd? Did you know, <laughs> gang. <laughs> hey, Todd Father was with us minutes after hey,
0: Shohei I was there. Signed. We got the instant reaction on the 700, which has you know, come down a little bit, but that was yesterday. Nope, sorry AJ. That's it, right? You told me no, you I 700. Time.
3: I just wanted to know when we were going to stop talking about it. Apparently, today's not the day.
0: Saturday. That's it. That's it. Yeah, Saturday and Sunday. Most weeks, Saturday and Sunday when we're not live. So, well, let's, let's actually get right into it then with a little charge them out action on other topics. But this one's only one step removed from the Otani topic because it's his team. And his team saved up some short-term cash so that they can do things like have conversations with the Tampa Bay Rays about the big man, Tyler Glasnow, who's due to make $25 million this year, but when he's healthy, he pitches like a one. So let's show the tweet from our guy, Mr. Rosenthal, who is going to join us in about 15 minutes for more context on this. The Dodgers are discussing a trade in which they would get Glasnow and Manny Margot from the Rays for Ryan Pepio and Johnny DeLuca. Deal not complete, changes possible, financial exchange likely. And he sorts some other people that were on the story as well. So Todd Father, the rich might get richer. The Dodgers need pitching desperately. They are aware of that. And I think even if they do land glass now, they're still gonna do more. But Tyler Glass now can be a one for them this coming season.
1: No, and but I mean here you go. Here here's the trophy now. Might as well just hand it to them. I mean, this is just oh I'm giving it. I mean, listen, if that happens, no I'm they are the front runner to win the championship, man. They this team is just the, uh, the smartest team in all professional sports i i've i've come to notice what they're doing and how they went through with this and how they got shohei and his agents to do all this uh for the better of the team wow well congratulations that's that's a world championship they get glass now and he's 100 percent healthy i mean nobody's 100 but if he's healthy and ready to go and he finds his ways a little bit again this is the team to beat and man yeah, they are on top of the mountain if that's the case good good for the Dodgers brass. Those guys are figuring out ways to win and get the best people over there. It's uh, it's going to be a changing of the guard uh, of of how these teams are going to go about signing guys now. Because guess what? Deferred payment, you know, it's great. You When you're done playing, you're still going to get paid. You talk to Bobby Bonilla and everybody else. So, good for them if they get this through. I mean, and Margot is, is, is a good piece of lumber too. I mean, he's going to come in, get his doubles, get his singles. He's been doing it for a long time. He's a good player.
0: He's a good defender too. Yeah. AJ, I will say the point that Todd is making is actually being echoed by many fans. Many fans are like, "This is BS." The Dodgers are becoming a super team, and I'm like, "Do you check out baseball? It's it doesn't get set up the same way as the NBA or even no. the NFL with quarterbacks."
3: Listen, Glass now and who though? Uh, Pepio, <laughs> Miller. Pepeo's gone. Miller Gonsolin, who can't stay healthy. Walker Bueller hasn't feel like hasn't pitching like. Six years. I know it hasn't been that long, but it feels like he hasn't pitched in forever. Uh, your, Arias is gone. Is Kershaw coming back? I mean, they, they they only not only need Glass now. They probably need to get Yamamoto and maybe another starter. Mm-hmm. Because honestly, I mean, yeah, the, the the lineup is pretty sick. But just starting pitching and and listen, their lineup scored more runs than they ever scored before last year. And the Arizona Diamondbacks went in there and said, whoop, 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 "Sweep your ass. See you later, Dodgers." So. You just never know in baseball. It's a crazy game, and, and everyone thought the Braves were a super team. Whoop, bye-bye, right? The Phillies, they're a super team. Whoop, bye-bye, Arizona beat them and the Dodgers. So, listen, I like what the Dodgers are doing because they're trying to win, and if I was a player I, and I could get to the Dodgers, yes, your chances of winning are greatly increased. But at the end of the day, man, you never know in baseball. It's not like basketball where you can, you can put three or four guys together and dominate a game. It, it's just <coughs> so hard in baseball because all it takes is – one or two pitchers to get hot. Merrill Kelly and uh you know uh what's his name? Zach Gallon. And boom, all of a sudden the Diamondbacks are in the World Series. So it is a it's a different game. I, I love what the Dodgers are doing. They're they're doing it right, and I love that people want to go there, but until they win it, I gotta see it.
2: Yeah, no doubt. And you get you get glass now on a one year deal, no such thing as a bad one year deal. I do like a Margot pickup, a Rosarena pickup, all that stuff. But what AJ said is spot on about their pitching. Essentially, you need about 900 innings from your starters, and Glass now has never given you more innings than he just gave you, and that was 120 innings coming into a shortened year. We talked to him on the show here. He talked about how you know he was kind of dealing with injury for since 2019, you know, so he was kind of masking it, kind of you know, rehabbing it, kind of fighting through it, now he feels healthy. If there's an organization that can really turn him around, health-wise, stuff-wise, I mean, I don't know really much, I don't know where Glassnow can go stuff-wise. It's really about being on the field. If you get him and you say, okay, this team is getting the trophy, it's all theirs right now, then you need to see 170-plus innings out of Glassnow at the floor at the floor 170 plus because you still have young guys everybody talks about about Bobby Miller talks about what you know his his mindset his ability to his ability to you know be in the moment compete and all that stuff great let's say both of those guys go 170 plus neither one has made over 20 starts in the big leagues in the last 6 years this is where you need to find somebody that will solidify the rotation. It doesn't have to be a one, doesn't have to be a two, doesn't have to be Yamamoto. Has to be somebody that's going to give you 32 starts. Or else, in August, we're going to get to the other thing that AJ said. This team in, uh, in, Diamondbacks beat them. Phillies in, Diamondbacks beat them. You have to be able to make your team as healthy as possible from one to twenty six when you get into the playoffs.
0: What is Glass now in terms of a uh, rotation for the postseason? And I agree. I mean, he hasn't.
3: I mean, he's a one. He's much. a listen, oh. He's a one or a two for sure. I'm not saying but this to dispute. But he's got to be, hel- he's gotta be healthy. He's got to be healthy. He's got to be healthy. And That's the thing. I mean, listen. He he pitched great last year in the postseason, and yep. the Rangers said, eh, "See a Glass now because Montgomery outpitched him." You know, when you're getting into the postseason, you get a one versus a one, and you're okay. You're going to take Glass now over, you know, Max Fried's healthy or Strider or Nola Wheeler or Gallon Merrill Kelly. I mean, there. I mean, his stuffs
0: is, is at the same level as all of those guys. I feel it, it, just it as good about it him is. if he if he's healthy, like you guys said. One, I feel just one difference is you now.
3: can you can run on Glass now. You can run on him, which is a big deal now in the postseason because he is slow to the plate. And let's not forget the year, uh, what was it, 17, 19? What year was it, 17 maybe? When he faced the Astros in game five and he was giving all his pitches away, right? And the Astros hammered him in the first inning. He made some adjustments. But listen, you can get to, listen, he's a great pitcher. Don't get me wrong. But again, like Kratz said, he doesn't pitch enough. He doesn't get you 150 innings. He doesn't get you 200 innings for sure. So until you see that, you can't put him in the one category. He's, He's a one in the playoffs.
2: I think your question was, where is he pitching the playoffs? Yes. He's going to be your game one easily. Easily, he slots in as your one or two in the playoffs. But you have to get your whole team. I guess I didn't complete that sentence when I said pitchers' health, starting pitchers' health makes the bullpen healthier going into the postseason. This team is on pace. You know, the, they're going to be built to win a hundred games. Glass now starting your game one is awesome, but you need someone or some two. Else, Especially if you think about bringing Yamamoto in, and he only makes 29 starts. He only throws 165 innings. Unbelievable. One, two. Absolutely. But how do you keep Joe Kelly healthy in the bullpen? How do you keep – how do you keep – uh oh, now I'm blanking on what's his name in the bullpen for the Dodgers there. Kevin Phillips. Hello, Phillips. Phillips, thank you. How do you keep – how do you keep uh, Trinan? Is Trinan still there? You know, he's he's with injuries. They're fine,
0: though. I don't know. You guys are going too hard here. Like, this is now, here's my thing. starter now, listen. they might acquire for their listen. rotation. <laughs> listen, though.
3: Listen, though. Yeah, it agree. doesn't matter because the starters for the Dodgers go, like, four innings in the postseason. Dave Roberts has told the to yank them out, so it doesn't matter. You could have Kershaw. <laughs> you could have Sandy Koufax. You could have Don Drysdale. You could have Oral Hershizer. You could have, <laughs> keep naming Dodger greats, Fernando Valenzuela. And guess, guess what? They're going to go four to five innings and Dave Roberts can't wait to get them out of the game. So, I mean, it doesn't matter. The, the problem is, is you need them ready for the postseason, like Kratz said, but in the, in the playoff history, the last few years, of the Dodgers, their starters don't go deep anyway. So it doesn't matter who you have.
0: Uh, I think the Dodgers have a game plan issue in the playoffs and they're starting to become aware of that. So we'll see if that gets tweaked at all. Um, but I just still think this is a massive, massive pickup. Like if he was a free agent, he, he'd he be making a ton of money. So massive. they get him for one year.
3: Is 25 not a lot of money?
0: Yeah, but for one year. No such thing as a bad one-year deal. I heard that from Ken Rosenthal's fair territory, and we got to get to Ken. We'll get Ken Rosenthal soon to chime in. Um, we'll also get to the, the Lee signing, which I want to take some time on, and uh, Seth Lugo signing. So we, we've got moves starting to be made. Obviously, some have said that Yamamoto is holding up maybe the top-end pitching market, but I don't think he's holding up everything at this point. I think it's like Kratz said, it's a slow burn through the offseason, and Kratz, I like it. You're right, because we get to kind of draw everything up, speculate, spend time on each free agent – almost playing out perfectly right now from a coverage perspective, especially from a group that was not at the winter meeting. So <laughs> respectfully, we don't care that much. We weren't there this year.
3: Whoa, 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 whoa. You're the guy that wanted a 48-hour yep. trade bullshit. No, blah, no. Blah, blah, I told you it was dumb. Now, you don't a sudden, listen. Like, oh, you don't oh, now listen. I like it. Now I like it.
0: <laughs> the trade deadline, but... Let's get to the Tyler Glasnow rumors first. Ken Rosenthal is with us right now. So, Ken, you've got the whole crew today fired up. What do you have for us on Tyler Glasnow? And what, if it happens, do you think it does to the Dodgers' rotation?
4: What I have is just what we reported this morning, which is that Glasnow and Margo could go to the Dodgers. There are discussions about this right now for Ryan Peppio and Johnny DeLuca. What it would do for the Dodgers, Scott, is obviously give them a starter – But at the same time, Pepio was slated to be in the rotation or is slated to be in the rotation. So they still are going to need more. And again, this deal is not done yet. It is not finalized. I'm not sure it's even in the medical review stage yet. There's some money that's going to have to go back to the uh, the Tampa Bay Rays. Wait, I'm screwing this up here. There will be some money in the deal covering the salaries, perhaps uh, to some extent, of Glass now and – Margot, because there's a lot of money that will be going back to the Dodgers. It sounds odd. I know that Tampa Bay might cover some of the Dodgers' money issues here, but it could be that that's the case because they're getting quality in return if that is the deal, Pepio and DeLuca. So we have to see if this will all play out, if the names will remain the same, how much money might be involved in the deal. But this is a discussion that's taking place, and we'll see how it ultimately pans out.
1: Now, Ken, where does this put um, the Dodgers rotation? I know um, Glassnell will probably be a number one or number two for them. they got guys that are injured that are coming back on the way. I don't know exactly what their timetable is. For me, I feel like this would be a monster pickup for them, put them pr- basically in the running and be one of the top teams to win it all next year. Would you agree? I would agree, but they will still need to do more with the rotation.
4: They've got Walker Buehler. They've got others as well, Bobby Miller. But – Dustin May's out, Tony Gonsolin's out, Julio Urias is a free agent, not coming back because of the situation he's in. Kershaw conceivably could come back, but he is a free agent. And I've written about the Texas Rangers' interest in him. So they still need starters. They've got Emmett Sheehan, they've got Gavin Stone, some younger guys, but at the same time, this is a group that I am quite certain, even if the Dodgers gate glass now that the team will ultimately try to fortify it even more.
2: So who exactly, because when you get traded to the Rays, people are like, or when the Rays call and say, hey, we would love your pitcher. And you're, as a team, you're like, ah, I'm going to hold them back here. But when you get traded to the Dodgers, they're like, oh, wait, 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 wait. They're really big in picking up value. Who, what, what, position does this put the raise in does this put the raise in the position of hey we're going to build up with pepio and this is just what we do because we don't have enough money or is this a position that they're improving
4: because pepio could be a guy that could make 32 starts it could be that eric certainly though what is driving this is money their payroll if i'm not mistaken is up around 120 million it's never been above 85 million so they're in a spot here where they just feel they're not comfortable with the money that they will be paying out to players. So what they do is what they always do. They try to trade the expensive guys for younger guys with greater c- club control, and that is how the Rays roll. They've done a great job of it over the years. If you remember, I don't know, I can go talk about many pitchers they've traded, Chris Archer, Matt Garza. Glass now is a little bit different situation, one year of club control remaining at $25 million. But this is a Rays kind of trade. So, to me, it's just the Rays operating as business as usual.
3: So, are the Rays going to have enough? Because the Rays, you know, got off to the hot start last year, kind of faltered, obviously, at the end, got beat by the Rangers in the postseason. Pepio, okay, I don't know much anything about the prospect. Pepio showed some flashes last year. Obviously, the Dodgers like him. If you're the Rays... Gosh, I would. I almost want to think. I know the money is the issue always with Tampa Bay. Well, wouldn't you like to see? Hey, if we get off to a great start with Glass now, we keep them. And if we don't, then let's trade them at the deadline. I guess there's more of an incentive to trade them now because the Dodgers would get a a full year of them. And then my other thing is, is from the player side of it, if this trade doesn't go through, it sucks for those guys that you named and other people have named in this trade for being traded. How do you combat that as an organization? If I don't know something falls through and then you go to Tyler Glass and you say oh, no, buddy, we're just kidding. We really, really like you. (laughs) First of all,
4: the problem with holding glass now, AJ, is that he gets hurt a lot. And if you hold him and he gets hurt and you're waiting till the deadline and he's on the IL, you get nothing. So this is the time to trade him. When he is healthy, when you have a full year of control that you are willing to offer, that is why they will do this. Now, as for the players involved, I understand what you're saying, AJ, and teams are always reluctant to have reports out there about players in trade talks because of exactly that. That what if it falls apart, their names are out there. In the case of Tyler Glass now and Manuel Margot, their names have been out there. They won't be shocked to see that they're part of a trade discussion. With the younger players, yes, it's a little bit different, but AJ, my feeling is this is Major League Baseball. And these are players people know about, Pepeo and DeLuca. Dodger fans certainly know about them. And part of the business of this game is trade talk. And sometimes things like this happen where names get out there. But at the same time, I don't feel squeamish about this kind of thing at all because these guys are big boys. They're they, I think they're comfortable with it. They understand that it's part of the game. It's not great. I get it for them. But to me, they, they have grown up understanding what media is they're not new to this
2: in a a time when we're talking about sources incredible sources do you ever feel like teams offer you or offer reporters sources to or a, a source a quote trade to kind of throw it out there that hey you know what this team could want this We'll show that this team, that the Dodgers will give us this for glass now. Do you ever feel like you get played sometimes, or is that not a thing because you've vetted your sources and you've been in the game for a
4: long time? That happened to me once, Eric. I've talked about it quite a bit, and it was the Max Scherzer trade that I reported as close to the Padres a couple of years back at the deadline. Ultimately, it went to the Dodgers. It took me almost two years to figure this out, but one of the sources played me, and I misinterpreted what the other source said, or I kind of took his response and considered it more of a confirmation when it might not have or wasn't that. So does it happen frequently? No, it does not happen frequently. What is much more frequent, what is an everyday thing, is guys like me trying to get information and getting shut down. That is the common 99% of the thing time situation. So is it possible reporters get played? Yes, I know there was a lot of talk about that last week with what happened with the Toronto situation. I don't believe that was the case. I don't believe those reporters were played because I know that I was talking to similar people at the same time and not getting the same answers. So it's a complicated thing, but at the same time, this idea of manipulation and leaks and getting news and all of this, people in baseball like to talk about that. People who are fans like to talk about that. I'm here to tell you, it doesn't happen nearly as much as people think. Sometimes with agents, yes, that's more common, but it's pretty rare when people just offer you things. That's not happening that
3: often. Mm-hmm. So, Ken, how often are you on Flight Tracker? Like some of your colleagues were in following <laughs> flights around the country to try to dissect where it's well, going where. And do you AJ, want Shark Tank? And do you want Shark Tank? I don't want Shark Tank. And actually, AJ,
4: when that was going on with Flight Tracker, I thought to myself, and I mentioned to a couple of colleagues, I need to figure out how to do that. Because that is actually I knew a it. valuable I knew tool. It, it actually I knew is it. a valuable tool if you can figure out where guys are going. Now, after I reported Prior to that, that there was a meeting between the Blue Jays and Otani at the spring training complex in Dunedin, people kind of reverse flight track that and found the flight. So I was thinking, wow, that's pretty effective. Now, it's not always going to be accurate, as we saw, but that would be a nice tool to have in my tool chest.
0: That's cool. I like that. All right. We got some people behind the scenes that can uh, give you a quick tutorial. So we'll uh, we'll let them know. In the meantime, yeah, hey, you want a flight tracker? What's up with Yamamoto now? It sounds like he's doing most of his business out in L.A., which then start people start to speculate. Well, that's where he wants to be, and he's just bringing other teams in to maybe help you know, drive up the price. I didn't think the Dodgers would be involved here until we saw the deferrals for Otani, but where are we at? What do you think is going to happen for a guy that's being chased by basically every big money team?
4: I have no idea, Scott, and I wrote about this today, kind of went through the five chief contenders the way I see them, what's been reported out there. I can see him going to the Dodgers. I can see him going to the Yankees. I can see him going to the Mets. Giants and Red Sox, perhaps less, but the Giants are in there as they've been in there for top free agents the last two offseasons. Ultimately, in my opinion, this comes down to what it came down to with Shohei Otani, his personal preference. If he has a place he wants to go, let's say it's the Yankees, the money's going to be there. They'll figure it out. So he's having these meetings with various teams. He's going to get a feel of the different organizations. Perhaps he has, going into these meetings, an idea of where he wants to be. Could be he wants to be in L.A. with Otani. Could be he wants to be with the Yankees. And could be that Steve Cohen is going to outbid everyone, and that will be that. But ultimately, in my
1: opinion, he decides,
4: and then the money comes.
1: And I know you just started on this, but you don't have any inkling about how much he's looking for at all?
4: I don't know how much he's looking for, Todd, but what's interesting about this process is that at the start, it sounded like or it was speculated that $200 million would be about where he landed plus the posting fee. Now because of this intense interest, because he's 25 years old and likely will get a 10-year deal or something really long, it seems like $300 million is certainly not out of the question and as I wrote this morning, if it's $300 million, the posting fee is almost $50 million. So that's a $350 million investment. That sounds crazy for a guy who's never pitched over here, but because of his age, because of his accomplishments, three straight Japanese versions of the Cy Young, three straight MVPs in the Pacific League, teams are looking at him. And as Eno Saris wrote in The Athletic today, or yesterday, teams love his pitch repertoire and the quality of his pitches. So... It's all there for this guy. And the age is what really drives it more than anything.
2: You said about the Red Sox most likely being out on Yamamoto.
4: I didn't <laughs> say that. I saw, I said, Eric, they're more Less of a chance. It seems to me. I don't know. Yes. Yeah. Less less of a chance. Well, there's definitely the less of a way, chance that they're,
2: that they're not getting Seth Lugo because he signed with the Royals. How do the Padres of the Manny Machado, the Xander Bogarts, the you know, in on Aaron Judge Padres and the Red Sox of John Henry's land of money, Red Sox, lose out to the Royals for a Seth Lugo.
4: Obviously, they got outbid, Eric. And Lugo is, I believe, 34 years old. And he is in a position or part of his career, stage of his career, where he needs the biggest contract possible. This might be the last good one he really signs. So without knowing for sure, I would imagine that the Red Sox did not value him at three years, 45, or below that to some degree. And he ultimately said, you know what? I'll go with the Royals. I'll take the best deal. Now, you ask how the Padres cannot be that active or at least trading players like Juan Soto right now. They're in a different position. We've talked about this. They're not as financially solid as they were. Not that they're going out of business or anything like that, but they want to bring their payroll down. They, in some ways, have to bring their payroll down. And the guy who was really driving their spending, Peter Seidler, their owner, just passed away. So that explains their position. The Red Sox position is more difficult to explain. And they let go of Heim Bloom, hired Craig Breslow. The move, obviously, was because they felt Heim Bloom was not well-equipped not the guy to take them to the next level the next level is going to involve spending money and I imagine they're going to do that this offseason and still relatively early and plenty of good players are still available but their fans wanna see it already and with the Giants yesterday and the signing of Lee that to some degree ended a period of frustration for them with striking out on free agents I don't know that Jung-Hoon Lee is going to be a star in the majors but we'll see the Red Sox kind of are facing the same thing with their fan base, and it's not unlike the Yankees with their fan base before Sodom. These fans in these different cities want to see action, want to see money spent because they know their teams have resources. Well, we'll see how it all plays out.
3: Can the Royals sign Lugo. They have a stadium vote coming up. Is it coincidence that they signed Lugo, they signed Will Smith, who's won three World Series in a row on three different teams, so the Royals are clearly the World Series favorite right now? And then they're trying to sign Bobby Witt. So are they doing this not only to appease fans, but also to maybe put a little pressure on the local government there to pass that new stadium and show they're willing to spend if they get the right resources? AJ, my
4: guess is it's probably a little bit of both. They have not been good for several years. They want to be better. They're trying to improve. That's the baseball end of it. But the part you spoke about, trying to show the city and the local government that you're serious about winning – With a stadium project kind of in the works, yes, I'm sure that is part of the logic as well. And we will see that to a greater extent in their talks about an extension with Bobby Witt Jr. They want to get that done. They've talked about that. And Witt Jr. would be kind of the centerpiece of this campaign. Hey, we're here. We're the Royals. We've got Bobby Witt Jr. Let's go with the new ballpark and see what we can do. It all plays into it, right? But at the same time, they need to get better. They need veteran starting pitchers, for goodness sake. They need relievers who are veterans like Will Smith as well. So I don't know that these moves would not have happened without the stadium thing hanging over them, but the stadium part of it certainly is an added motivation.
0: Ken, let's conclude with San Francisco. So they did sign Lee, and we're going to get into that on our show coming up and break down the player and all that. But we also got the news from Farhan Zaidi himself running the Front office that they basically said yes to the same offer that the Dodgers threw Shahei Otani's way. So I wanted to get your thoughts on that. And, you know, my big thing, opinion wise, that I'll get to more later is if I'm San Francisco, you should have an idea that the Dodgers are probably the front runner for many other reasons competitiveness, where they are, all of that. I would have been on the phone and said, Oh, that's the offer you're getting from the Dodgers. Let's add like 35% to that contract.
4: How about that? Well, it seems like from what Farhan Zaidi said yesterday, he wanted to be a Dodger. He was going to be a Dodger pretty much no matter what. So they could have done that, Scott, certainly. They could have gone to 735, 750, whatever the number might have been. It gets a little silly, obviously. People can say it's a little silly at 700, but with the deferrals, it's much more realistic. The Giants' problem, from everything we've heard and from everything Buster Posey told Andy Baggerly of The Athletic last night, They've got a geography problem, or a city problem, I guess I would say. Players, for whatever reason, have a negative perception of San Francisco right now. Not all players, of course. John Lee didn't have one. But they're running into this. Posey said that. And clearly the city has changed since the pandemic. There is not as much in-office work downtown, and it's kind of made the city a little emptier than it was, perhaps. And people talk about crime and all these things. I don't have statistics. I don't know for sure what's going on there. But that perception exists, as Posey said, fairly or unfairly. And they're battling that right now. They're also battling a team like the Dodgers who, yes, have been more successful. So there's a lot going on. And the teams in California always have the state tax issue as well. California's state tax is among the highest in the country. So when you're a free agent and you're looking maybe at the Giants against I don't know pick a team. If you've got reservations and if you're worried about the state tax and the team isn't the team pursuing you is in a non-state tax state like Texas or Florida, these things come into it. A lot of factors come into a player's mind in free agency. And right now, the Giants are trying to battle that perception because San Francisco remains a great city in so many ways. And Posey talked about that. He talked about having to convince people that this is a great place again. And it's stunning to me that people perceive San Francisco this way, but at the same time, there are reasons for it. And that's part of what has been a problem for the Giants in recent years. At least it seems that way.
0: Yeah, it's good stuff, Ken, and it needs to be talked about because people start wondering what's going on. I mean, these are human beings that can make decisions on where they go, and if the money's close, they're going to go elsewhere right now in many cases that we're seeing. So, Ken, appreciate it. Thank you very much. We'll talk to you uh, maybe later this week. Thanks, guys. We had a $100-plus plus million signing last night, so let's get to it. And obviously, some people are unaware. Was that a yawn?
2: Boring. $100 million. Shohei's like, that's Thursday for me.
0: hey it's a quarter ish of the way to what his net present value is but (laughs) jung ho lee signs for six years 113 million dollars he's coming out of uh, the korean baseball organization and he was the mvp of the league in 2022 had a bit of a power surge there because that's been one knock against him in 2022 in 2023 he did hurt his ankle he fractured it so he only played In 86 games also important to note as you can see there there's an opt-out after year four with San Francisco in case this dude becomes a a bona fide superstar because he's 25 years old right now. So the Giants finally do make a big money move here and as of now I don't think it's official official yet we got a passive physical which was an issue last year with them and Carlos Correa but at least for now how do we feel about the San Francisco Giants Heading into 2023, because Kratz, I'll give you a little dose of my thoughts. Obviously, we don't know a ton about this player. Contact-oriented, some of the people I respect, um, like Eno Saris, the comp he he used was Brendan Donovan. Mike Petriello using comps as he could either be in that ballpark, someone um, like an Andrew Benintendi, or the upside is more like Luis Arise, my dude, uh, with that kind of ability in center field. Giants had bad uh, center field. Last year with the he'll moved to a corner and their outfield in general wasn't good. So I like it. It's a good stepping stone. But I'm like, damn, I still think the Giants are pretty far back in the division compared to the Dodgers, obviously, and even the D-backs and maybe even the Padres.
2: They're going to get their they're going to get their victories because of their opener stuff. And, you know, the fact that it's tough to score runs in San Francisco. I like this signing. Clearly, I agree with you, Scott. They need more. Based on what Zaidi, based on what Farhan said, the you know they were in on the Otani stuff. They missed out again. So they got they got Huli right now, and I think you know, upside you have supposedly a Gold Glove center fielder. Anytime the Giants are going to have to put a foot specialist on somebody that has an ankle injury, you you will question it from now on for as long as we will remember it you will question that. So will this will the physical go through, who knows. Hopefully the ankle injury doesn't affect his range in center field because if he can play gold glove center field and you could possibly get almost the same value close to the same value as the Padres got from Hassan Kim. Yeah. You know, very very similar exit velocity launch angle, that kind of stuff from the KBO when Kim came over to where to where Jung Ho Jung Ho Lee is, so if if that's to me, that's his ceiling. Is Hassan Kim playing a premier position? Kim plays some short, a lot of second, but a lot of good defense. To me, that is a great signing.
1: And I I, I like it. You got Ustremski. You got um, my boy Conforto there that could play both corners, and he's in the center fielder. I think that's going to be a very good outfield. Um, Looking up some of the things, the nicknames of of his father was grandson of the wind and his grandpa was son of the wind. So that that correlates to speed, I would assume. So these guys got to be fast. Um, I love the nicknames that they give to, you know, Korean baseball players. I think that's so cool. But yes, looking for some good, good outfield play here. He's going to hit well. Um, The power, you know, I don't necessarily know. But in San Francisco, you got to you got to hit the ball to get it out. So. I do like the signing for them. They're doing stuff, and uh, this is hopefully the first of many for them.
3: Well, a couple things on this. One, it seems like a reactionary signing after they lost out on Otani. Um, we, we talked about it for a long time. But the Red Sox and Yankees used to do this all the time, bouncing back and forth, back and forth. And the Giants fans have been clamoring for them to do something. Well, is this it? they got to do more. If they're going to compete with the other teams in this division, the Giants have to do more. I'm sorry. And then Derek, our cracked uh, research guy, said that, Lee hit under 200 on fastballs over 93 miles an hour last year in Korea. Well, guess what he's going to see every single bat and every single night when he comes over to Major League Baseball? 95 plus. So he better figure out how to hit that. and He better figure out how to hit him for power. Because I don't – I mean, a lot of times, and I think Kratz would probably agree with me more on this, having faced the Asian guys when they come over, they see so many breaking balls over in Japan or Korea or wherever they play. when they come over here, the first thing that they have to adjust to is how hard and how many fastballs they'll see, especially up here. Because they all have that swing kind of tailored down to lift the ball and put contact on the ball down because they see so many splits, so many curveballs, so many sliders going down. So they kind of have that swing that's tailored to the ball down. So it's going to be interesting to see, can he handle the fastball, especially high velocity up. But to me, this just seems like a reactionary signing by Zaidi, and I know he won't admit it, but... Farhan's like, look, the Dodgers signed Otani. We tried to get him, we missed. Let's go get Lee. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll get Yamamoto. I don't know, but they definitely need more if they're going to compete in the division.
2: The strike zone in Korea, Japan, is a very north-south strike zone because of the fastball, curveball split. Because a lot of guys don't run it up that hard consistently. Like in in, in the big leagues, you're 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 getting. Out of seven guys in the bullpen, five are touching 99. That's just day in and day out in the bullpens. So the fastball is going to have to be adjusted to for sure. But in America, we're using we're using kind of more of an east to west strike zone. Obviously now it's becoming more north and south, but the split isn't as prevalent as it is over in Korea, in Japan, in Taiwan. Guy that made the adjustment – but had a ton of power when he came over here already. Jung Ho Gong, when he was with the pirates. And I one last follow-up with the Hasung Kim thing. If Hasung Kim is his ceiling, and I'm just saying that, I'm not saying anybody else said that, but it's just more of like a player exit velocity launch angle profile. You know how much the Padres paid for Hasung Kim? Four years, 28 million. It's a reactionary signing, just like AJ just said. When you're going over a hundred million for a possible gold glove type of center fielder, but you know, the Hassan Kim signing was back in 21 too. So a lot's changed.
1: Do you think the group they had here that got this deal, um, that was probably the biggest offer they got, Scott? Do you feel like like listen, they six years 113, let's go. I don't care who's it with, let's go. Do you think the ballpark range was a little too high for a guy like this?
0: Yeah, I think everyone's overpaying right now, and especially San Francisco, based off what Ken said, too, right, for you guys. No,
2: Kratz? Not overpaying. I think they're coming up to where the market actually is now. I think it was a undervalued, and the only reason I say that is, you guys will definitely agree with me. You have to have at least one friend who got a free agent contract the exact same years, exact same value from two or three different teams. Tell them... Has that ever happened to you guys, AJ or Todd? Happened to Uh, me? Yeah. So, So there's a level of collusion there that when you see teams pinging at different values and they can't quite get, like a Seth Lugo, they can't quite, oh, you know, we're not on the same page. Now all of a sudden you have the market bidding each other up, and I don't think it's overpaying. I think it's the market actually paying the value that players deserve less than... The market controlling what the players get. You follow what I'm saying?
1: I, I follow 100% what you're saying. But do you do you think he deserves 113 over six years? Like,
2: if he got it, yes.
1: Okay, so let me ask you this: How about Conforto? I know he got injured and couldn't play a year. Like, and he don't he only made what 30 something million over three years. Like, why why didn't he make that money?
2: He, his injury. He he was coming off an injury. He had
1: shoulder, massive
0: shoulder injury.
2: Massive front shoulder injury for a guy who takes pitches. The other way, he's got to keep that front shoulder in. Now he has less mm. strength. He he had, just, he had a prove it contract.
1: Yeah, I I just would I would just think there I don't have many examples off the top of my head, but there's more players that should be making that money, not just if Lee's making this money has no major league experience in 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 America here. I I think there's a lot of others that should be making that too as that, well. Would you agree?
2: You're 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 definitely you're saying exactly what I said because yeah. the market has to adjust. Why does why does Luis Robert, he's done amazing, mm-hmm. get a huge signing bonus out of Cuba mm-hmm. and Jackson Holiday gets nine million out of because the market will set where you're at. And when guys are getting contracts like Jung Hu Lee, you are showing what the market actually should be. Yeah. If, right. if it was, if it was unrestricted if it was non-restricted
0: yeah because i mean jackson holiday is restricted he's an amateur so jung hu lee is technically a pro and there's upside too. you're buying a a ceiling here with conforto he was an average offensive player this year he was probably about i think probably a little below average with the glove this guy's potential elite outfielder and he was two years 36 conforto opted into that second year i i get what you're saying no you know what i mean like what he what he did
1: before what he did before is injury was big for him with the Mets, like he, you know, I would just go back to what year. he did beforehand. That's For all. Sure.
3: That's- Here's the thing: you can't play every, you can't pay every player twenty million dollars. Your payrolls would be five hundred million. So there's got to be some, some, some discrepancy there, and that, and that's kind of what the, the way the CBA is, is, is structured is: the stars get their money, the rookies get their money. There's nothing in between, really. <laughs> that's where you get the veteran guys run out, and the good teams that win. You look at them most of the time. You take the Rangers this year. Austin Hedges didn't play, but he was there, right? Brad Miller didn't play. He was there. They have these <clears throat> dudes that are veteran guys. You look at the, you know, the Astros and some of these other teams that have won over the years. They have some guys that are veteran guys. They're willing to pay instead of rookies to win. And I think that's what's gone away is you know, if, if everyone's worth $20 million, then you're going to have $500 million payrolls. It's not realistic. So you either have super rich guys and then the rookies and no one in between.
0: And some paying for future versus past results, because yeah, Comforto, If you go years back and he signed a, a contract like an extension, would have gotten a lot more, right?
1: But yep. was yeah, it's just the year. one guy I thought of off the top. It's a good of Good call. Head. Go. No, that he was going to get a hundred million. He was. He was going to was get
0: a yeah. hundred million. Yep. Okay, let's spend a few minutes here on Seth Lugo. So the Royals said they were going to do stuff. Should we go to our former Royal, Eric Kratz, who was around <laughs> for some of the glory days and
1: former, former everything.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Former everyone. That's why we have him. Let's go to our former Columbus Clipper for the (laughs) new bunting they put out there in center field. No, but for Kansas City, I mean, they did outbid other teams. It's crazy. If Boston actually wanted Seth Lugo and they weren't willing to offer him, say, $50 million over three years, they are freaking wild because that is going too, too hard on what your projections say. If you like the pitcher, you go after him, which is what teams like Anthopolis running the Braves – And Dombrowski running the Phillies do. For Kansas City, they definitely need pitching. They also just have to give a sign of life to their fan base that they are going to make progress because the rebuild hasn't been working fast enough.
2: I talked to one of the guys that's on the staff there, and they said they had no vet, they didn't have enough veteran leadership. Salvi, he comes out and he plays, he posts every day. That's the kind of leadership he has. Not that like, teach the guys away. Now they picked up – the Royals picked up Chris Stratton for the bullpen. Lugo will be bullpen starter, whatever his, his role is going to be. But this is a great signing for the Royals. It's a great sign that they're willing to bring in veteran guys, which they didn't have last year. I know people will say, well, they had Grinky, but all the, you, all the stories you hear about Grinky. You ain't, you, ain't, you ain't looking for vets. You ain't looking for rookies they're hoping he shows
3: up half the time.
2: Yeah, to lead to be led by Grinky and you know what you're getting with him. But before AJ had talked about the the stadium that they're hoping to get out of this, like Lugo's contract will be done by the time the stadium gets built. So it if it's a manipulating thing, hey, you know what, we're looking to win. The Royals need to do more and I think it centers around one guy. Can you extend, if you're looking to make that splash so they build this new stadium in the East Village, North Kansas City, you need to extend Bobby Witt Jr.
1: So, two things here I want to explain. Seth Lugo's curveball is probably one of the filthiest curveballs in baseball. (laughs) Not the filthiest, but the range from that 12-6 to action and the slowness of it kind of – gets hitters off balance um, from talking to him earlier, man. He's a, he's a good dude, man. This is a great signing for the Royals. I want to go back to the Red Sox a little bit because as I got older and trying to do free agent-wise, like you try and understand basically what goes through. So this, the Royals come back with three years, 45, and as your as your agent will go back to the Red Sox, right? Listen, if you can do anything over 45, he's in. And most likely the Red Sox said no. So it's like, why couldn't they, you know, why can't these teams jump up a couple million more you know, to help out their ball club is just astounding to me. So um, it's a tough loss again for for the Red Sox. Lugo is, you know, for the most part, he's healthy. He had a really strong 23 season, and he's going to help your ball club. So a guy like that, he's a great teammate, and he pitches well. And at the end of the day, he was a reliever too, so he can go either way. But I do know they want him as a starter, and that's what he'll try and do. But, yes, good signing for the Royals.
3: Well, the Red Sox didn't go over 45 because they didn't value him at more than 45. These teams nowadays, they they set their values and they say, okay, Seth Lugo, he's a good pitcher, but he's not going to take us to the promised land. Heck, we can get him for 340 and we have him value at 345. We'll take him. But as soon as the agent comes to him and says, oh, it's 345, they're not going to be like, oh, gosh, we panic, We're going to go 350. These teams don't work like that anymore. It used to be like that. But, you know, listen, I don't mean this mean to Seth Lugo. He's a good pitcher. But he's is Seth Lugo the guy that's going to take you from, if you're the Red Sox, from a last place to a first place? That's more of a Yamamoto signing. That's more of a someone on that level. Maybe a Blake Snell, someone like that. But, you know, good for Kansas City. They, outbid, and they can tell everyone, hey, we outbid Boston. But, you know, at the end of the day, good for Kansas City and great for Seth Lugo. Great for Seth
0: Lugo and whoever reps him that gave him that opt-out because he opts out. Of the seven and a half million dollar player option, or what was it? A player option, yeah, was, that he yeah. had for the 2024 season, mm-hmm. and instead gets 45 million dollars more. Take a chance, man. It's gambling. another opt out after two years, which you know, I'm not as worried about as you get up there in age. But this past opt out, you look at the value of representation and the deals that you do. Do you guys just look at that and do a little like good for you, dude?
1: Yeah, no absolutely.
2: doubt, absolutely. No but I would go against what AJ said. Which of those three guys, Yamamoto, Jordan Montgomery, Blake Snell, could you have paired with Seth Lugo to push the Red Sox closer to that division?
3: None. You need more. Seth listen, Seth Lugo's a nice pitcher. He's just a piece. But he, he's, he's a he's, a, he's a, What is he? Th- th- a he's a, he's a, on a good team. On a good team, he's a four or five for me. Yeah, he's a four. On he's a, good a he's a swing team. guy. Yeah, he's not a he's not a he's not a you're going into the playoffs. If I'm going into the playoffs and I'm another team playing the Red Sox, I'm not like, oh, fuck, we got to face Seth Lugo. I'm like, uh, ah, okay, Seth Lugo.
2: We on can hit him. Three, on day three, when teams only have a one and two, they already have, Bay- they already have Bayo. They have Brian Bayo.
3: He's, have- not a, he's a four or five at this point. I mean, as much as I bet on I'm him. Not,
2: I'm not <laughs> saying – I'm just saying that I think Lugo – I'd rather face – well, obviously, fought. It worked out better, but – You'd rather face Seth Lugo than what you thought you were going to get from Fott. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. The, the point is on the Red Sox side, they still have a ton of work to do to, to get out of yeah. the cellar with their pitching. It's the Royals bad. have more. Yeah, but they also stay. True. They also stay. They also stay tight. We can show this tweet if we have it on November thirteenth because it's been almost a month. While playing in a winter ball game in the DR, Andy Rodriguez injured himself during an at-bat while swinging, and after multiple examinations, Andy had reconstructive surgery on the UCL and a repair of the flexor tendon, and he's expected to return to baseball activity in 10 to 12 months. So he is going to miss all of 2024, probably not a name that most fans know on a national level. And I mean, the bat actually really was coming along, but he's their best defensive catcher in that organization, and he's just a sick athlete, Um, and he can take a walk. But in terms of defense, at least for a while, and I'm pretty sure that's still the case from this past season. He was way ahead of Henry Davis on the catching front, so it sucks that they won't have him for this coming season because it's a team that's not going to spend much, and you need guys like him to have a breakout year. I think he was ready to go, if not opening day, soon after that.
3: They need a catcher now because Henry Davis is not in their plans as a catcher. No. Talking to Derek Shelton last year, I did a game with the Pirates, and I asked him about him. they put him in for a couple innings in the game I actually called, and you could see that he just – he's not defensively close at all. That's why he was playing right field most of the year was because they wanted his bat, but defensively catching-wise, he is not close to being a major league catcher. And, and, and Andy was the guy, and, and they were high, high on him. But winter teams – going to try and stop these guys from playing winter ball we saw Mauricio from the Mets get hurt right he blew out his ACL now we see Indy Rodriguez is going to miss a year so at what point are teams like hey man like we we're gonna and I know they ask him not to do it but the, the pull of playing for their country and their their hometown teams is so much and they get paid pretty well to do it but at some point these major league teams are going to say you're too valuable we're going to need you to not play winter ball
1: is there is there a rule or in the contract, like if they get hurt, there are they still getting paid through MLB the next year? Yeah, you know that. Oh, so they're yeah, they, they do because it sure. has to get approved.
0: You can't play okay. winter ball without approval from your team. So I don't know wow. all of the semantics, but I do that's... know that you can't just do it on your own. Um, but if Andy, that's the
1: case, I mean, it's like
0: it's on the team. I mean, the team can say yeah. no, right? There, there's healthy debate always with Acuna.
1: Yeah,
3: you're right. Yeah, on... but. <sighs> Wow. It's 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 tough. It's a tough line because these I, guys e- want to play. You know, Erica. Todd. You know, Eric. They want to play. And if the team's like, no, then they're like, well, fuck you, Braves, or fuck you, Pirates. Like, I want to go play for the, yeah, you know, Arecibo in Venezuela. And Eric. I'll make 10000 a week.
1: Yeah, Eric, didn't you bring up the point where that's basically their workout plan? They're you know they're not lifting heavy weights this is their workout just to keep playing and playing for me personally i would be absolutely toast dude I, I i i'm glad they could do that i wish i could but i need i need that break to let the body decompress and you know take you know a little while off and then start gradually working out getting a little bit stronger and you know running but i need that time no baseball time
2: it is a it is their season prep it yeah. is their spring training prep. You see a lot of these guys come into spring training. And you're like, how on earth did you just hit 97 mm-hmm. oppo right center in your first at bat? Yeah. Yes, supremely talented. Absolutely. But they've been game ready. They're mid, you know, they're mid, they're mid-May, June into at bats by the time they come to spring training. I don't believe that you need to stop these guys from playing. I think you need to make that conversation a two-way street, because these guys are doing it exactly what you said, Scott. They absolutely love it. They love playing down there because they do not get paid. Unless they changed the structure, local players make way less than the AAA gringos that come in, you know, the six or seven foreign players that they have on each Dominican, in the Dominican. They get paid way more than the local guys do, than the, than the people from the DR, because they're not necessarily local to, like, Santo Domingo. They could be from anywhere, and they get drafted to that league, and they play, but they get paid very little. It's about that notoriety and that fame, and they truly love doing it. So if you take something away from one of your players' prospect, a dude that's going to be negotiating a contract, be like, wait a minute, you told me. I can't play. Like, don't tell me what to do. I'm a grown man. I want to do what I want. I'm not re-signing with you. It's a fine line. You can't. You can't piss these guys off.
1: But yeah. it's crazy to think. Like, say, just say Acuna didn't have his deal, and now all of a sudden they come to him, three, four hundred million dollars. Here you go. And they said the only stipulation is you can't play winter ball. Is that gonna? Is he going to say yes or no? He's going to probably say no, I would assume.
0: No, he's taking that money. He's taking he's that taking money. that money. Yeah.
1: But yeah, it, it is. It is. It's a fine line, you know?
2: Yeah, but you're not there yet. You have to. Player. Right. You have to build that relationship. Yeah. Well, I got you.
0: But no, it's a good call from AJ because, I mean, this is a big loss now for this team coming up, you know? And I, I'm sure the Pirates feel like he's had plenty of work in the minor leagues over the last few years that they didn't need him to keep working on his skills for an extra few weeks. That's going to make a difference in his life. So
2: Uh, uh, I would, I would disagree. I think he needs to, he's definitely like, do you want him coming to instructs and working on his receiving? His receiving was flat, flat across the board. He needed to work on things defensively that he did not, that he was not solid at talking to other, talking to people, that are close to him and the work that he does, he needed to get some reps. And to me, no better chance than in games to get reps.
0: Do you believe in having a break? Or they had enough of a break? It's fine.
2: He's 24. Okay, do you need a break? No, AJ, do you no. need a break? I, I, didn't I didn't play a lot. I yeah. didn't play a lot.
3: He needed, yeah, you need a break. And here's the other thing. Most teams that have catchers that are big league catchers, they tell them not to catch if they go to winter ball. I've heard conversations. I played with guys that were going down there, and they were catchers, and they're like, don't catch. Play first or DH. You will not catch because there's too much of a chance of you getting hurt. Now, sadly, he got hurt swinging a bat, and, and anything can happen. But, yeah, they'll tell you don't catch. Yeah, if you want to get your work in, come to Bradenton, and we'll have our catching guy meet you there, and we can work with you all winter. But, you know, most of the time if you're a catcher, they tell you, hey, we don't want you to catch. Go down get your bats play first DH but do not catch.
2: Tony Peña. Tony Peña is the hero of all Dominican catchers. Francisco Peña his son is still down there catching and like Tony P, Tony P would play 155 games in the big leagues and he'd go down and catch 50 games in the DR. And so that's that's their that's that's their hero as far as catching wise and if he gets talked to by those kind of guys that's how they, that's how they believe they learn. Let's slap.
0: <laughs> that's what do you got?
2: Simple. They got Jung-Hoo Lee. They still got to do more though. Conforto, he might have a bounce back year. They still need a big splash, but where's that splash at? Can Bellinger do it? He's played there a ton as a Dodger. Will they make the right? Will they make the right move and go after Bellinger?
1: You know is say? that the right
2: move? You don't know say. Almost has to be them... whether it's the right move or not. It almost has to be. They need pitching too. I mean, they need. Are lot... they not getting Yamamoto? Snell.
3: Haven't heard much about him.
0: Mm. I like it. I like it. I think Snell wants to be on the West Coast, too. I like yeah.
2: it. Seattle.
3: From
0: Seattle
2: Seattle yeah. guy. He wanted to play in Seattle. I know. <laughs> he, I was
0: on a radio station He the actually the day said like, he wanted to think play in Mariners Seattle. The get, Mariners will get Snell. He wants to be in Seattle. I'm like, no. Not anymore. <laughs> He's going to cost <laughs> 35 a year. No. Whatever it is, they ain't paying for it. So, good stuff today. Rowdy Tellez, Lance Lynn, and AJ, you want to say it?
3: The man, the legend, Bob Costas coming on.
0: The strong three. By the Uh, way, Lance,
3: Lance texted me and said, I want to come on. I'm bored. I need to talk shit. So (laughs) heads up. Who knows what the hell he's going to (laughs) say. That was his exact quote. When can I come on? I'm bored and I need to talk some shit. Oh, get ready people.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Shit talking Thursday. We'll see you then. Hey, get in on the action with the FT fam at BetMGM. New customers use the bonus code FOUL, F-O-U-L, for a $1,500 first bet offer. Download the BetMGM Sportsbook app on iOS or Android or visit BetMGM.com. Sign up and deposit at least $10 into your BetMGM Sportsbook account. Place your first wager and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if the bet loses. If that bet does lose, your bonus bets will be available once your initial wager is settled. Gambling problem or concern? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.